brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. WTAW News time is five minutes after eight. It's 76 degrees. This look of news is brought to you by Pioneer Steel and Pipe, your one-stop steel supply store on Highway 21 East in Bryan. Go to pioneerboys.com. Good morning, I'm Chelsea Reber. In order to safely remove a tree on a line, BTU crews are about to take a feeder out of service. According to a BTU tweet, this will impact approximately 630 customers along Highway 21 and will begin within the next half hour. We are working on getting more more location details for you, but just know along Highway 21, about 630 customers will be affected here in the next half hour. Two people are dead and their neighbor has been arrested for murder after a verbal altercation led to gunfire last night. According to College Station Police social media, officers responded around 10 p.m. to a residence on Potomac Place off Southwest Parkway near Bee Creek Park for reports of shots fired. On arrival, two victims with gunshot wounds were found. 44-year-old Curtis Ray Dickey and 46-year-old Kelly Nicole Adams died at the scene. The suspect, 64-year-old Charles Ray Johnson, was located at the scene and immediately detained. He was arrested in charge with two counts of murder. According to online jail records, it is Johnson's seventh trip to the Brazos County Jail. Voters in College Station ISD may be asked to consider four bond propositions this November. CSISD board members learned Tuesday that state law requires separating, breaking down $350 million of recommended projects. The board has until August 21st to finalize what they'll ask voters. During Tuesday's discussion, a question about the proposed $51 million addition at Consolidated High School was answered by one of the architects hired by the board. Krista Thomas said a proposed addition will allow fine arts to expand, resulting in a larger black box theater and band hall. So there's some space that we're able to give to CTE when we redistribute these new science labs um, okay. in the proposed addition. And so with that, we're able to use some of that space that was once CTE and expand over. So we're still using that same location of fine arts. Consol was part of a $285 million general proposition. It also includes a $62 million addition at College Station High School, $50 million in additions and renovations at Consolidated Middle School, and $45 million in deferred maintenance. There are two propositions for athletic facilities at Consolidated and College Station High Schools, $38 million for football and $13 million for baseball and softball. The fourth proposition is $14 million of computers and other technology devices. 
Bill Oliver, 1620-945 WTAW. There is a new formula for funding community colleges in Texas. Blinn College Executive Vice Chancellor Leighton Schubert says House Bill 8 means the majority of state funding will now be based on student outcomes instead of the number of hours students take. So the better your students did, the more state funding you received. Schubert also says what used to be 11 different student outcomes has been reduced to three. The first one is uh, getting awarded what's called a credential of value. Think workforce certificates. The second one is the number of students who earn 15 semester credit hours and also transfer to a four-year university. And then the final one is the number of students who earn 15 semester credit hours in dual credit. Schubert says they now wait on the Higher Education Coordinating Board to set the final rules. The Texas Lottery announces someone from Iola has claimed a $3 million prize from a scratch ticket. The unidentified person bought the ticket at a convenience store in Anderson. WTAW news time is 8 minutes after 8. It's 76 degrees. This look at news is brought to you by Pioneer Steel and Pipe. More news at 8.30 or online at WTAW.com. I'm Chelsea Reber for 1620 945 WTAW. It is 8.10. It's the Infomaniacs. It's a Thursday. Let's have a look at the weather. It is brought to you this morning by the folks at United Roofing and Sheet Metal, home of the Duralast Roof System, world's best roof. Give them a call at 268-ROOF. Go to unitedroofingpros.com today. Here we go. Skies be partly sunny today. Shower thunderstorm possible during the afternoon and evening. High in the middle 90s. Partly cloudy tonight. Loads drop to the upper 70s. Mostly sunny Friday. High in the middle to upper 90s. Partly cloudy Friday night. Low again in the upper 70s. Plenty of sunshine on Saturday. Breezy and hot. High temperatures getting up close to 100 again. I'm meteorologist Scott Kaplan. 1620 945 some I know we've got some names we probably haven't talked about as far as pet names are concerned, but we've got a winner right now. Let's see if we can talk to them and see what their choice is for tickets. Mm-hmm. 811, by the way, not going to make 100 degrees today. Reason to celebrate. Woo-hoo. Go out and enjoy yeah, that. that. Put on your wool cap and have a good time. Oh, oh dang man. it. Hate that. Hate that. Hate that. Hate that. Hate that. Seven, nine, seven. Are you going to leave seven, that out there? Seven, okay. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, sure. Yeah, well, okay. they can't hear it. We'll just uh, talk over it. There we go. Okay, there we are. Yeah. And they could call her later. And, uh, yeah. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, Donna, good morning. It's Scott. And Chelsea. And Sean. The Infomaniacs and you are a winner, winner, winner. Woo, woo, woo. Yep, because uh, we chose your name. Now, what uh, what was her? Uh, well, first, here, here's the deal. We'll talk, talk about that afterwards. I found out I have tickets for tomorrow night for the Bombers, if you want to do that instead, or the 27th. I know, choices, choices, choices. And four tickets to Six Flags or Six Flags Fiesta Texas or Hurricane Harbor. Make your choice there. <laughs> and, of course, you get Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue. So many choices. Anyway, you get back to us with that, and we'll have all that gear for you here at the top floor of the Garrity Bank Building. Thank okay, you. bye, See Donna. Donna. Yeah, bye. congrats. Nice. So Donna texted in uh, our late rescue, who uh, unfortunately just passed away three months ago. Uh-huh. But his name was Caleb because he was a hound and a southern one, and he needed a name that was going to sound good when he was old. And old Caleb fit the bill. Cool. Bonus: Caleb is Hebrew for dog, so we named our dog Dog. dog. I have no idea. Yep. 
Okay. So, I'd always thought about if I had a dog named it Kitty, it'd just be cool to yeah, call it. Yeah, that would be kind of funny. I've always yeah. loved like kind of just normal human names mm-hmm. like Steve or Carl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those are they're they're good for, yeah, they really for dogs are. or cats. Yeah, <laughs> I did love. We got a picture of a Longhorn named Stu S T E W because oh, people eat beef. Yeah, yeah very good. I go. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for all your vegan friends, have you met that Stu? Exactly. Cool, cool. Anyway, thank you all for doing that. Lots and lots of texts this morning, and that's fun because, after all, we like to talk about our pets. Mm-hmm. No we love, that. yeah, we and I, thank you for all of the pictures. They are awesome. Always love when those little mammals come into your world unless you don't expect them to be because they don't live there. Welcome, McKinney, Texas. McKinney, Texas. Wow. Uh, a little neighborhood in McKinney, Texas called Irwin Farms. It, it, there, It's not a farm. It's a neighborhood. Right. I'm, I'm trying to so my my college roommate lives in McKinney and I'm I'm trying to think of what neighborhood she's in. So it they, it is a newer neighborhood. Okay. So they they woke up last week, 40 goats had broken <gasps> loose from a herd that was grazing a nearby development and they're used to just, you know, eat vegetation, they help with the fire season and stuff like that. Well, 40 of them veered off into McKinney's um, neighborhood of McKinney, Texas, and these people woke up with 40 goats on their lawn. So a lot of people have these ring doorbells now. Uh And there, I mean, this is a herd of goats on a residential front lawn, and it is a ton of them just wandering around. Yeah. Uh, it's, It's pretty funny. Now, you can imagine what the uh, some of the plants looked like by the time the goats were done with it, too. Uh, so they said, yep, uh, a little bit of everybody's yard got eaten up, uh, but some of the people had a good attitude about it. You know, they said, well, we were going to take it out next week anyway, so they just kind of got, <laughs> they just kind of wow. cleared it up for us. Uh, they said that they did take care of things. Uh, they got the flowers replaced and stuff pretty quickly uh, for the ones that weren't supposed to get removed. But goats did help some people out in that neighborhood. Yeah, sure. They could have had, mm. uh, they, they were going to have to weed their flower beds. They were gonna, the goats came right. in and yeah. cleaned it up Just for get them, a goat huh? if you don't want to weed. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of fun. Well, there you go. Uh, so that it's not nearly as bad as having wild hogs come through your neighborhood. Ooh, well, or millions of Mormon crickets. Oh, have yeah. y'all heard about this? No. No. Okay, that? so there's a place called Elko, Nevada. Yeah. And they are dealing with a cricket invasion. Now, we've had crickets here where they've gotten really bad some years. We have. Yes. So y'all know how bad they smell yes. when they die. Yeah, I definitely so remember. So there's something called a Mormon cricket. It's actually a shield-backed Katy did. That's the the name of it. Katie but it's did. Katie, Katie did. Uh-huh. Okay. They are ground-dwelling insects native to the western United States. They feed on grasses, shrubs, and crops. And so they they have been around the area for a few years, but millions this month are springing across densely populated neighborhoods and high-trafficked roads. As the vehicles drive over the cricket bodies, crunch, crunch, crunch. Yep, which crack easily like potato chips, their guts spill out. The more crickets that are run over, the thicker the layers that accumulate oh. on the road, leaving a viscous clay-colored mixture wow. that can cre- also create slick driving conditions. Yeah. So oh. not only is it dangerous. Um, hotel workers are pouring out a hot water mix of vinegar, bleach, and dish soap, which is supposed to combat them. They've aimed at pressure washers at the brown clusters of Ugh. exoskeletons, Ugh. but the jumpy insects keep coming. Oh, I so remember Elko, when we had an infestation and it's just gross. Yes, Elko's a city of only roughly 20,000 residents. It's been infested during this migratory phase. Clearly, the Ooh. name is derived because they invaded the Mormons' crops in the yes, Salt Lake City area yep, in the that's mid, exactly mid-1800s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, think about that. Well, we were talking about tarantulas and running over those yesterday. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah this is, uh, big. And again, when you start talking about locusts and katydids and crickets, yeah, there's just Oh, and they're loud. And they're, they're yeah. kind 
kind of this like reddish brown. So it just it, it looks even weirder than like the black crickets that we see around here. The colors of nature, speaking of which, <laughs> in Utah, mountain snow in the Cache County is turning red, pink, and orange due to a phenomenon called watermelon snow. Oh. Some mm. visitors confused by the hue, they thought it was paint. But the colors occur naturally. Watermelon snow is caused by green algae that's found in the mountains around the world. The algae absorbs heat, which melts the snow and allows the algae access to water. There's a lot of evidence now that shows that these algae blooms contribute rather significantly to the overall melt of the snowpack around western Utah. So, and a warning to hikers, watermelon snow can stain your shoes and your jeans. I've never seen this stuff before. But yeah, yeah, I have it not either. I mean, we know about yellow snow. That's something completely different. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> don't eat that. Nature doing nature. Joined by Mallory of Six Kittens Rescue. How's it going? It's going pretty well. How Y'all have, you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Y'all have a ton of stuff going on. So much stuff going Let's on. Let's get into it. Very busy. We have a ton of kittens. We have three mama cats with a combined... 21 kittens right now. And um, it's kitten season. It is kitten season. Yep. Um, we have them in uh, combination with a ton of other kittens. We also have a ton of really cool fundraisers going on. The nearest one is going to be our Painting with a Purpose with Painting with a Twist. That is on July 30th where you can actually paint a portrait of your pet um, with help of the artist. Yeah, very cool because we're not all artists. Right. And so we'll need some help. Right. Yeah. But we can... <laughs> Put our love into our That's painting right. of yeah. our Does pet. That's right. Your, your, your cat doesn't care what it looks like. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. We also have officially launched our Tats for Cats 2.0 fundraiser, which is going to be November 18th with Arsenal Tattoo in downtown Bryan. We have some really cool things going on with that. With um, We just released two t-shirt designs that people can go and vote to see which one actually gets printed. Um, we just released some new merchandise available for purchase on our shop. And then closer to the event of Tats for Cats, we're going to be having an auction where people can bid to guarantee a spot. And last times, the the 1.0, I guess, the mm-hmm. tats, was wildly successful. And so y'all have more people coming out this time to give yes, tats. Yes, it was much more successful than <laughs> yeah. we anticipated, right. which is great. Which is a good thing. Yes, um, but we had two tattoo artists last year. This year we have confirmed five, hopefully six. We did it for eight hours last year. We're doing it for 10 hours this year. So overall, it's just going to be bigger, better. We're going to have a food truck out there. We're going to have local organizations, like student organizations, talking about what they do and just really um, support the idea that Bryan College Station is a pretty awesome community yeah. to band together. Sure. And give us a quick rundown of what, what the actual event is. You can go get a tattoo of, of what? Yes. So we will have several flash sheets, which are going to be set designs. No, you can't change them at all. You can't add color. It's basically just black line work. Um, they're about two by two, um, and it is a permanent tattoo, so it is ink yeah. in your skin um, for $50. We do have some alternative options for kiddos, those who aren't old enough or those who aren't ready to commit to a permanent right. tattoo. We'll have Brazos Valley Roller Derby out there doing temporary tattoos for us. Okay, so cool. So that'll be a really cool And then real quick, uh, sixkittensrescue.org, that's y'all's website. Yes. Uh, what What can they learn there? So we have a link to all of our adoptable pets, ways to get involved. So our merch shop, our foster application, our adoption application, um, things about just who we are, how we started, lots of cool information on our website. Cool. There you go. Anything else for us? Nope. That's it. All right. Thanks, Mallory. Thank you. 
WTAW News time is 8.30. It's 79 degrees. This look of news is brought to you by Newman Printing, the largest commercial printer in the region, serving businesses like yours for over 70 years. Newman Printing, your success is their priority. For more, click newmanprint.com. Good morning, I'm Chelsea Reber. In order to safely remove a tree on a line, BTU crews are about to take a feeder out of service. According to a BTU tweet, this will impact approximately 630 customers along Highway 21 and begin within the next half hour. A College Station man was arrested last night for murdering two of his neighbors. According to College Station police social media, 64-year-old Charles Ray Johnson was found at the scene on Potomac Place off Southwest Parkway near Bee Creek Park when officers arrived around 10 p.m. Two victims were found with gunshot wounds and died at the scene. They were identified as 46-year-old Kelly Nicole Adams and 44-year-old Curtis Ray Dickey. Officers learned a verbal altercation between the suspect and the victims led to the gunfire and no one else was injured. Johnson was arrested and charged with two counts of murder. Brazos County Sheriff's deputies make an arrest after a man calls 911 eight times and the non-emergency dispatch number seven times during a five-hour period last Sunday. According to arrest reports, firefighter paramedics from Bryan and Brazos County's Precinct 2 Department made three trips to the man's travel trailer and determined there was no reason to take him to the hospital after he complained of chest pains. The deputies also learned one of the 911 calls lasted six and a half minutes where the man used profanity to multiple dispatchers. That led to the arrest of 52-year-old Jeffrey Colsar on charges of making abusive 911 calls and public intoxication. Online jail records show this is Colsar's fourth arrest for public intoxication since last September. A Bryan man admits in Brazos County District Court to being involved in human trafficking. The district attorney's office announced 27-year-old Corey Smith was sentenced to 15 years after pleading guilty to forcing someone under 18 to be a prostitute, child trafficking, and online and offline promotion of prostitution. Smith is also required to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. Prosecutors say Smith was arrested following an undercover operation that resulted in finding the child trafficking victim. College Station ISD school board members continue discussing what may be part of a bond issue this November. During Tuesday's board meeting, a review of a bond committee's recommendations that totals more than $350 million would be broken down to four propositions as required by state law. There would be two propositions totaling $51 million involving CSISD's high school athletic facilities. One package, $38 million, were consolidated in College Station high school football. The second package, $13 million for the high school's baseball and softball fields. CSISD Communications Director Chuck Glenwinkle explained why those packages had to be separated. Gym, playgrounds, play areas, recreational facilities have to be their own proposition. Within that, if that gym, playground, play area, recreational facility has a capacity of more than 1,000 people, it must be pulled out from that separately. Meantime, state law allows for a proposed general proposition of $285 million to include $13 million for football stadium permits at CSISD's three middle schools. Our bond council has said that because of the nature of middle school stadiums not being over 1,000 in capacity, plus they get lots of use during the day for PE classes and just general use, that they could be included in the general proposition. CSISD's fourth proposed bond proposition asks for just over $14 million for computers and other technology devices. The CSISD board has until August 21st to finalize what they'll ask voters. Bill Oliver, 1620-945 WTAW. 
Administrators at Blinn College and the rest of the state's 50 community colleges now have a new formula for receiving state funding. Blinn Executive Vice Chancellor Leighton Schubert says the majority of state money used to be based on the number of hours a student takes. With the passage of House Bill 8, the majority of state money is based on student outcomes. One of three outcomes is community college students earning 15 hours, then transferring to a four-year institution, something where Blinn doubles the statewide average. The statewide average for community college transfers to four years is roughly about 25 or 26 percent. Blinn has about a 44 percent transfer rate. HB 8 gives the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board the authority to set the rules. Schubert says that will happen later this summer. So even today, we do not have financial analysis to say how much money Blinn or any other community college will be receiving under the new funding model because the coordinating board has not defined the rules yet. The other outcomes are the number of students who complete workforce and similar credential programs and the number of students who complete 15 hours in dual credit courses. WTAW news time is 835. It is 79 degrees. This look at news is brought to you by Newman Printing. More news at WTAW.com. I'm Chelsea Reber for 1620-945-WTAW. 839 is the Infomaniacs. Let's have a look at the weather, shall we? It's brought to you this morning by United Roofing and Sheet Metal. Home of the Duralast Roof System, world's best roof. Give me a call at two, two give them a call at 268 Roof or go to UnitedRoofingPros.com today. Partly sunny skies today. Shower thunderstorm possible in the afternoon. High in the middle 90s. Shower thunderstorm this evening. Otherwise partly cloudy tonight. Low in the upper 70s. Sunny on Friday. High 95 to 100. Partly cloudy Friday night. Low again in the upper 70s. And mostly sunny skies becoming breezy on Saturday. Highs getting up to around 100. I'm meteorologist Scott Kaplan. 1620-945 WTAW. There he goes. 839. The Infomaniacs on 8th Thursday morning when uh, Congressman Michael McCall will be joining us here in just a minute. Congressman? Hey, Scott. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing fine. Thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us. It's been a while oh, since we've, we've it's been a while since we've talked, so there's certainly a lot of stuff uh, going on. Uh, as, as folks know, yeah. you're chairman of House Foreign Affairs Committee. I'd like to get your view on the fact that the Secretary of State uh, Secretary Blinken was in uh, China this week. Tell me your thoughts of how that went. Well, I didn't see really anything come out of it other than another meeting that will take place. Yeah, I think it's good to uh, have diplomatic talks to, you know, perhaps thaw some of the more frozen parts of our relationship. But the uh, the thing I really found odd or strange was that Blinken, you know, Secretary of State, made all these concessions just to get the meeting. For instance, uh, he lifted export controls and on Huawei, which means uh, any company sending um, technology to uh, China's technology uh, surveillance company, um, Telecom, uh, could go forward with that. And he also lifted the sanctions on human rights. They have a lot of human rights violations in China just to get the meeting. Uh, usually, you know, you, you meet and then you maybe make concessions to get to a nego- negotiated settlement. Uh, so this seems like reverse diplomacy uh, and quite frankly, uh, not very good diplomacy where you're you're selling the store before you can get, get into it. It seems that uh, from what I understand, we asked to put together some sort of a direct line of communication with the United States with China and they basically said no. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting. When I was in the, you know, the Pacific Command with the uh, commander there, 
he said that he doesn't have a direct line with the Chinese military, and it's a that's a real problem. You know, even back uh, you remember back in the Cuban Missile Crisis, at least Kennedy and Khrushchev had a, a hotline, a red line <clears throat> that they could talk to each other in cases of emergency. And I think that's that's a real problem because that's when you can have miscalculations. And I know I know Blinken mentioned this military to military connection, and and uh, I believe that um, Chairman Xi denied that sort of access. So they seem to have the upper hand on us uh, here, and then they blame the United States for the bad relationship. After you know, this comes after the spy balloon incident, where such a visible act of espionage. Uh, now there are reports of a Cuban spy base uh, that's a sort of surveillance spy base, you know, just 90 miles off the coast of, uh, you know, Florida. Um, they're getting very aggressive. And you remember my trip when I was in Taiwan, they surrounded the island with 10 battleships and a 70 aircraft or uh, 70 fighter jets uh, and then sanctioned me, uh, the Chinese Communist Party. Congratulations on that, by the way. They are. Congratulations on that, by the way, being sanctioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take it as a badge of honor. You should. I, I'd like to get your thoughts about this. We we hear about so many hot points around the world and, and the conditions there. Uh, the Sudan has some civil <clears throat> uprisings going on right now. Uh, China has invested heavily in the African continent. What is your concern there about what that might mean in the future, that China is, is actually trying to place their footprint in different continents around the world? Well, this is a, what's called their Belt and Road Initiative. And it's very astute that you brought that up. They they basically take World Bank money as a, as a quote-unquote developing nation, which they're not. But they, they, they are financed by the World Bank. They take that, and then they get these truly developing nations say in the African continent, Latin American continent, get them into a debt trap. They bring their own workers in. Um, they they uh, rape their rare earth minerals, for instance, lithium. You know, they got a huge mine in Congo. They got Peru and Chile. Uh, and then they uh, get them in this debt trap. And eventually they get a, a port or a base. And then if they go into bankruptcy, the IMF comes in and bails them out. So, they really know how to manipulate um, these global institutions, uh, and uh, they're, they're very deceptive. But the problem with it, they've cornered the market now on rare earth minerals. You and I have talked a lot about semiconductors, but right. the other big problem is they, they've cornered the, you know, 85% of the global market on rare earth minerals. And then these countries uh, have to denounce Taiwan. They have to sign up for the digital one, and they have to vote with China when they vote on things like, say, the – Ukraine resolution, They, uh, these African countries voted no because China has an upper hand on them. Congressman Michael McCall joining us this morning. Chinese immigrants are now being stopped at our borders. Lots of times these are young men, single, traveling alone. What kind of skills do you think they have that are now inside our borders, and is that reason for concern? But, you know, any time a foreign national or, you know, Someone say other than Mexican comes in, uh, you know, it causes concern. Special interest aliens, they call them, other than Mexican. Uh, in this case, Chinese foreign nationals. We don't know why they're coming in. Are they fleeing the oppression, you know, in China? Or, or is there something more sinister, you know, uh, with espionage, you know, uh, uh, here? And, and that's the problem with having a wide open border is you have, it's, there's no order. It's all chaos. You don't know who's coming into the country. 
Um, and when you don't know it's coming in, you really open the country at risk uh, because we don't know why they're coming in. But it seems like there's an alarming uh, increase of Chinese foreign nationals coming into the United States. And we just don't have a hand, handle on this. As a former federal prosecutor and chairman of that committee, Homeland, concerns me, it concerns me gravely. Um, we're having a series of hearings on Mayorkas and his, um, what I consider to be, you know, dereliction of duty. Um, and uh, we'll see where that ends up. But I, I think we're going to, you know, I, 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 I was a federal prosecutor. I know how to put a good indictment together, and mm-hmm. I think that's what we're going to be doing. I heard comments from Gordon Chang, who's written on China before, and he basically also quoted Henry Kissinger in saying that they thought it was probable that we could see, we, the United States, could see physical conflict with China in our future. Your thoughts? Gordon's a very um, smart, capable man on China. Um, The way I see it, the aggression I saw firsthand uh, when I was in Taiwan, if they don't win the Taiwanese election presidential next January and influence that election, then I think they move into their, what could be a blockade of the island, which would be a military blockade. They would cut the sea cable to cut the internet off and then have a massive cyber attack to shut down uh, the island. And, you know, people say, well, why do we care? Who cares about an island off the coast of China? The problem, you know, Scott, is that TSMC is there. It's 90% of the advanced uh, advanced chip manufacturing, semiconductor manufacturing for the entire world is out of TSMC in Taiwan. That's why I introduced that Chips for America Act is to pull that supply chain out of Taiwan, out of China, <clears throat> and make it in the United States of America, which we're starting to do now, like Samsung, $250 billion expansion. Uh, but, you know, the, the problem is uh, we've, we've outsourced this for so long and when you got 90% of advanced semiconductors being made in Taiwan, that's a real problem if China owns or breaks it. Unfortunately, that's not the only concern that we should have on the international fronts, I would think. Um, like to get your thoughts also on Iran is now back in the nuclear discussion. Um, what are your thoughts about that situation? Well, uh, the administration is required by law to come forward to the Congress to brief us and that they have a deal, present the deal. They, they've been very, uh, there's been a lack of transparency. They have not come forward. And now we, uh, we're hearing these rumors. I, I'm actually right after this call, I'm going into a classified briefing with a member of the National Security Council on this very issue. Uh, but we're hearing rumors that they're starting to cut a deal with Iran. Remember last time all the airplanes and cash coming in and, mm-hmm. Now there are rumors that they're going to be sending billions of dollars into Iran that will fuel, you know, their terror operations. Um, and I don't know all the details other than it freezes them at 60% enrichment. Um, they can't hit uh, U.S. troops, uh, but they can continue doing a lot of things like sending their drones into to Ukraine. Um, you know, the United Nations had, had a ban on uh, restricting their missile and drone uh, activities, but they've been in violation, you know, of that as well. Um, so if we start lifting sanctions without getting anything in return for that, I just think they just want to cut a deal so politically they can say they got something done. But it's a very dangerous game uh, when you're talking about the Ayatollah 
And, you know, they just demonstrate they have hypersonic capability. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put a nuclear warhead on, on a, something like that in, in Israel or Saudi Arabia, you know, there's no way they can stop that. We have covered a lot today. Is there anything else you want to touch on this morning? Yeah, you know, some good news. Uh, I got uh, $35 million uh, in a plus-up for A&M's hypersonic uh, research program. Which, you know, as we talk about Iran, you talk about China with their hypersonic capability. The idea that Texas A&M is leading the front on hypersonic uh, research and development. Um, and I just uh, talked to the appropriators. We got $35 million to advance that, which is going to really help us in our national security front. And then today I'm on the escort committee for Prime Minister Modi, uh, the Prime Minister of India, uh, who we're trying to... Uh, you know, try to make more of an ally to the United States to counter uh, China, the threat from China. World's largest democracy. We need them on our side, right? We sure do. we got to get them away from the Russians and the Chinese. Congressman Michael McCall joins us this morning. You can hear the interview archived on our website at WTAW.com. Thank you for the time, and we'll talk to you again soon. No, thanks, Scott. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good day. Visit with the folks of the city of Bryan on uh, Thursdays. Marilyn Strott is here this morning. How are you today? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you? Good. You brought a guest with you. I did. I brought uh, Council Member Ray Arrington. He's our council member from Single Member District 2. Absolutely. Councilman, thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks for having me. Um, You've had some uh, pretty lively, well-attended council meetings lately. We have. We have. That's uh, that's kind of interesting to, to uh, see. It's been something different that we haven't always seen in the city of Bryan. But uh, I'd kind of like to get your thoughts. I know since you heard from a lot of visitors and you can't respond at that time, especially from a, communi- uh, from a, a transportation standpoint, mm-hmm. what you heard and what your reactions are there. Well, we had some people who came out at our last uh, council meeting that was uh, concerned about the transportation. Right? I think it could be better. I think it could be better, but I think that they're at this particular time, we're doing the best we can, and we are looking into it. We're trying to uh, make our transportation system in Bryan better. It takes time. We all knew, so we're getting our feet wet, but we... It is on the radar. We are looking into it. We've had the mayor on, and he has certainly spoken to uh, raised medians. That's changed the way that people, you and I, have to drive when we're in, in Bryan. Probably has hurt commerce to some extent. What have you heard from not only business people, from citizens and citizens as well about the race mediums? Well, the race mediums, it, it, I think it's a problem for everybody, but I, it's not, I, I guess, a problem. But it's something we have to get used to. With growth, it, you know, it comes to change. We have to have some changes, and, and we're just used to cutting across and stuff like that. But I think with the, uh, as it go on and we get used to it, it it'll become it'll become normal to us. It, it won't be a problem. I don't see a problem in doing it. it uh, the commerce, uh, we... Growth, you know, you have growing pain, go growing pains, and to increase the commerce, we're doing. I think the mediums that are being put in the uh, in the roadways, it, it, you know, it's going to be a, a blimp in there somewhere, but it, it'll it'll pick back, it'll pick back up once the citizens get used to it, it'll it'll pick back up. Okay. This is not in your district, but obviously it in, impacts the city that you help to govern, and that is the sewer question between Bryan and College ah. Station. Any thoughts that you have on that? I'd like for well, you to share. I, you know the. I think uh, Bryan and College States have always been twin sisters. You know, they, they've already worked together. And I think the problem is out uh, with the sewer system, uh, with the uh, some of the people that's out in that particular area, the backbone of, of Brazos County. And I think with Bryan and College Station, if they get their heads together, I'm sure they're going to come up with some type of workable solution to get it done that will satisfy everybody. Now, again, that's not in your district, but there may be some things specific to your district. What are you hearing from your constituents? 
Well, they they are concerned about the uh, the uh, investment that both cities is making into that particular area out there. But like I say, it's for the growth of the entire for College Station and for Bryant. I think with the development of that, and it takes some time. You know, it's got to be some uh, some pushing back and forth. But I think with with their knowledge and what they're trying to do and uh, increase the economic growth of Bryant and College Station, I think they can do it. It just we're just so reluctant to change sometimes, and and. Uh, Sometimes change is for the better. But I think that we can work together and make it happen. Sure. Anything specific this morning that you'd like to talk about that we haven't covered? Well, the uh, only thing that I, I would like to say, uh, with our new council that we have, when I first came on the council, my whole thing was uh, uh, keeping it real. That was, my, that was the theme of my campaign, and Mary Lynn will tell you that. And the thing that I think about, we have a young council. Uh, we are united by the... Uh, our statutes of the state, but I think what we are doing is, and the mayor is doing it, and the council member, we are building a consensus uh, in the council. It just takes time to do it, but I think everybody has a, a strong opinion, and we are willing to sit down and listen. So with that consensus building that we're doing, I think we'll have a great city council in Bryan. City Councilman Ray Arrington, thanks for the time this morning. Sure. What else you got for us today? I just want to <clears throat> send a big shout out and a thank you to our public works crews, our parks crews, our BTU crews, all of these people who work out in this horrible heat and remind citizens, you know, that it's not something to play with. Got to be safe. Got to drink plenty of water and stay safe. But these guys and gals work out in this heat all day, every day. And I know I, I would implode, you know, old fat girl that I am. But um, I just want to say thank you to them. And I think we all should thank them for what they do. Absolutely. Yep. That's for sure. Thanks for the time this morning. That's our community segment. It's brought to you by McCafferty Electric. They light up your life. Three minutes. Okay, y'all can come back now. Okay, we're done. Oh, been oh. busy. Hi. I forgot how to be Hi. on the radio. I, know, I was off right. of it for oh, so wait. long. The show does go till nine o'clock. Yeah, every every once in a while we do some other stuff. I will say I just snort laughed listening to Mary Lynn Strada <laughs> talk about imploding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good uh, man. Anyway, good so one line. It is so. While the average wedding costs $26,000 to $30,000 in U.S. America, there are a whole bunch of weddings every year that cost way more. Uh-huh. There yeah. were 13,000 weddings in U.S. America that cost over a million dollars last year. Wow. I that mean, seems wow. crazy high. Yes. Or about $250 million weekends. How about mm. that? I mean, just... Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I read an article Man. recently and, you know, they said after a pandemic induced backup and pent up demand, weddings have come roaring back with bigger budgets, longer <sighs> guest lists and grander ideas. And with inflation, almost every aspect has gotten pricier. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's probably right. Mm -hmm. They said the average cost of a wedding in the U.S. ticked up from twenty eight to twenty nine thousand. Oh, just in a year, but that and that's kind of what you said. Yeah. But the average cost was far higher in other states, um, especially up in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys don't text me tonight. Don't text me tonight. Because you're watching Stars on Mars. No, I'm watching the NBA draft. Oh, oh even better, man. Okay, yeah. okay. Coverage from the Barclays Center starts at seven o'clock on ABC. All righty. And uh, no, but I am going to watch this. I hope to watch. Eh, I don't have time today. Hulu. 
The Bear season yes. two drops. I forgot. Or yep. I mean, I heard about it. Yep, yep, and I had drops. no idea it was coming out until I read an article yesterday. And I was like, oh, that is so exciting. I knew it was coming up. I didn't know I it guess, was going to be yeah, that fast. I just wasn't paying attention. He was on the cover of GQ recently. And I mean, he is just having a moment, oh, Jeremy Allen White. Jeremy Allen White. Yes. yes. I really like this. Yes. This is the show about the sh- cook the chef. Or chef right. or? Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard uh-huh. about it. And he takes over it. his brother's sandwich shop in Chicago. Uh, yeah, I've heard good things. And just like that. Premieres on Max season two. Okay, that's uh, oh, Sex the, the follow-up right? of Sex in the City. Yeah. And we knew this would happen, but I didn't know this fast. TMZ investigates the miracle children of the Amazon. Oh, already? Yes. Whoa. That's on what? tonight at okay. 7 o'clock on Fox. That's quick. All righty. Four children, including the yeah. one-year-old who, uh, I mean, Survive. that's amazing. Survived for Long 40 time. days in yeah. the Amazon. I could not do that. No. no. If you don't want to watch that, just want to let you know that Slam Ball, that's the sport that combines basketball and trampolines, along with physical contact, will be making a comeback on ESPN starting July 21st. All righty. Man. Slam Ball. I don't think I've seen this one. The sport previously aired on Spike TV. Okay. And has been off the air for several years. Apparently, people wanted to come back. And it will. And we of course, want Slam Ball. Hashtag bring back Slam Ball. That's it. The games will, of course, take place in Vegas. They would have to. Nice. All right. Mm-hmm. Back tomorrow for Friday. WTAW College Station. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.